0: We are doing and chewing, yeah. We're swinging and zinging, We're swinging and binging,
1: swinging and binging. <laughs> swinging and binging.
0: Haven't you heard? It's the new thing. Our new master is going to be Bing.
1: Oh, Bing! Oh, that that makes a lot of sense. sydney how like Google has <clears> just made all of their search results really bad. I know Bing's been like the search engine if you're looking for porn for a while. apparently. Oh, okay. Google tries to do all sorts of clever shit. And, like, you know, kid protection stuff, and Bing is just like, yeah, we found the things that match your results. i see
0: that you actually look for something and it gives it to you because like google's pretty much unusable
1: yeah at this point it's so fucking unusable it drives me mad i used to be really like my google food was pretty on point back in the day and now google is like i don't understand any of your commands fuck you would you like to see more ads yeah it's just
0: ads it's just (laughs) like here's the top products like yeah thanks i was looking for cpr but i want to see the top
1: products oh god did you see that there was a um i think it was a tweet or something about that where some guy was like hey you know what i don't Need in the video teaching me CPR while my grandmother chokes to death is a fucking two-minute unskippable ad. Congrats, she's dead. (laughs) Like, well, she learned valuable
0: product information. As a consumer, she can make an informed choice now.
1: Yeah, what fucking life insurance? That would be cold. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, just like, hey, would you like life insurance while your grandmother is choking to death? (laughs) Wouldn't that be a pre-existing condition? Uh, absolutely, you know, fucking. I mean, breathing, according to insurance companies, is a pre-existing condition.
0: Oh, well, they just have it, so it's like a lottery. You just got to pay money, and then you get a chance that maybe you'll be accepted, but most of the time you won't be. But it may, maybe you could be. It why not gamble one last throw of the dice before you go?
1: I mean, this is the worst part. Is it's not even a gamble. It's not even like the lottery because they have entire like departments dedicated to actively stopping you making a claim. Like, that's what insurance, like, investigators are. It's their job to go, no, 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 you don't get to have your money to cover your, like, fucking expense. We found our loophole. Fuck you.
0: Well, Jenna, how are they supposed to make money if they're paying money? You pay them money, <laughs> and then they keep it. <laughs> it's a great business model.
1: How, I, how are you supposed to, like deal with the world with shit like that just people who are like yeah it's my job to fuck people out of all their stuff for, oh for money i guess
0: i know what we gotta do jenna yeah we gotta do what millions of men already have done as well as the band fleetwood mac
1: uh-huh.
0: we gotta go our own way <laughs> i'm bria i'm jenna and welcome to obsessive by nature
1: So what does that entail for you?
0: Oh, me? I mean, like, one, first of all, I am thoroughly red-pilled, let me tell you. <laughs> I've, uh, I've swallowed quite the jagged little pill
1: lately. I mean, you know, I think especially being trans, the, the red pill, the, nowadays they're blue. They are blue. They've switched, just yeah. like
0: much like the political parties. They've switched. Red pills mm-hmm. are now blue pills, but that is also being red-pilled. Yeah, <laughs> you still you take a blue pill, but let me tell you, kids, it's the most base thing you can do.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we we've touched on it in a previous episode. Just how much like I don't know. <laughs> it feels like you're waking up to reality in a weird way because you're just looking at things properly. But anyway, we're we're already oh, like
0: I'm, I'm looking at things properly as I am talking about a red pill. I'm talking about three red pills and and a bunch of other weird crap. Jenna, <laughs> uh, what am I holding up?
1: Um, some handcrafted pens, which I am honestly pretty impressed by. Like they look really, really comfortable to hold.
0: Oh yeah, Morpheus. Morpheus took me under his <laughs> wing and showed me the way. <laughs> and let me tell you, Big Pen does not have me in his clutches any longer. Oh, oh no, I have gone my own way, and I'm living things on my own terms, making my own pens.
1: <laughs> I, I I love this. I think the the paint so too best describe it. it's like a um is that a cigar tube almost uh they are uh pre-roll tubes pre-roll tubes even better um (laughs) it is legal here yeah it's best thing not the best thing but it's one of the best things about living here honestly um (laughs) The, the good thing about
0: them is they give it an airtight
1: seal yeah so uh you know
0: no ink comes pouring out
1: airtight seal with a childproof lock so you can't accidentally undo it which is a really smart choice there and then you've taken the the tip section the top section of another regular pen and attached it on here and i know we've spoken about it a little bit before but the uh the inside is is some foam in much the same way that like regular old pens would work
0: yeah all you gotta do if you cut open any pen any pen folks you cut that open chances are it's just a tube with foam in it and that foam has got ink in it. And if you want, you can just take some of your own ink and drop it into that foam and boom, presto, you got a new pen again. You don't even have to make weirdo Franken-pens out of uh, marijuana tubes. You can <laughs> just refill your old pens by injecting the foam with ink.
1: It, I mean, it, it seems like a smart way to like make your own art supplies. And like, you know, less plastic waste. Let's use stuff like this. Well, this it's, is perfect.
0: It's so ridiculous, like... I just feel like on principle, I'm just so insulted that like if my pen, this tube of plastic runs out of the ink in the foam, I'm supposed to just throw it away and then yeah. buy a new tube of plastic. You know, like if people are like, oh, pens are only really like a dollar, two dollars. Well, no. First of all, nice pens are like five dollars. If you're an artist, yeah. you're paying like five bucks a pen, more, more, 10 bucks sometimes, depending on the pen. Some, there's really
1: fancy ones out there you want, yeah. like like the, the fancy custom ones are i think 100 200 dollars a piece or at least like it's a lot of work to make a pen sure i get
0: it i learned the craft i'm feeling that but like the idea of like every single time one of these things just runs out of a bit of ink in the foam core i gotta throw it out and spend another five ten bucks or more like no way i'm not doing that make them make them uh refillable just cut out the middle man
1: Well, it's like, um, it's like old artists used to make their own like brushes and things like that and customize them to their needs. A lot of artists still do that. It's a whole
0: mindset you got to get into of like, like you got to think stuff in stores. It's not an end product. You're not buying a product which you will then use as intended. No, it is art supplies. You have got to buy things and then cut them up and use them for new improved versions of them or unintended ways of these off label uses of them.
1: I think it's it's actually it's one of my favorite things. Like I, I adore the the sort of scratch building um, stuff for models and stuff like that where you just take random bits of crap that you've like take out boxes and lids from things and like that old printer that got smashed when somebody dropped it like all perfect for little greebly bits that you can attach to things to make fucking art pieces out of it oh, like hold yeah. well, the the not spaceships and yeah and robots, bases. yeah oh.
0: oh i mean well like you know you know and i we're, we're always making little models these days or so cuts kind of like yeah. what goes on behind the scenes is making little little things and you can just like you can follow like youtube channels like studson studios or other crafters yeah. online that like they just make stuff out of literal garbage you can like, make anything out of garbage
1: uh, bill making stuff is one of my favorites just like uh, i think he calls them like scrap robots or something uh, rust bots nice it's just a i love the whole idea of the aesthetic just and like you know if you want to, if you're playing 40k Orcs. That's what (laughs) I never.
0: Okay, I gotta say, sorry, forty k fans and really any miniature fan. I've never understood why people are interested in buying official miniatures. Why don't you just make your own miniatures if they're so damn expensive?
1: Well, so this is the interesting thing for me is like I can see some of the ideas around the art being really good because some of the miniatures, especially from some of the stuff that I've seen lately coming out of Games Workshop, is really beautiful. But the the price is unjustifiable like it's it's so like, ridiculous like at
0: that point like you're buying a little sculpture i get it but like why don't you try making a little sculpture you don't have to like sculpt the dude that'd be really hard but you will use well,
1: little bits of garbage there's a whole cottage market of um artists busy creating 3d models specifically for that they just make their own stuff yeah I mean, they right 3d bunch you print of, it.
0: Like... i see online businesses they advertise that
1: yeah it's co- Becoming such a huge thing. It's like I mean, I really want to get a resin printer as soon as I can because like, it's it's perfect for all sorts of things, models of any shape. I've got a an FDM printer that's sitting around that I want to like get up and running again. But like, yeah, the resin resin printers, especially the new four K ones, are the way to go. It's crazy the detail you can get.
0: And it's so interesting. You've got this kind of dichotomy of like a community of people who are doing this freely amongst themselves, and then private businesses that advertise it as a very like sleek service that you can do through a web browser and then you custom order these things that they make for you yeah. and like that's that's innovative but like the i uh, this, i think as we will probably touch on later there's an ins- insidious tentacles of people snatching up the commons things that are shared freely are discouraged from being shared freely they don't want you going your own way they don't want you making your own pens and 3d printing your own miniatures
1: yeah well, oh, i mean they want to copyright everything so that uh, if you do anything that looks even vaguely associated with whatever it is that they've cornered the market on then they can rain hell down on you and take it all down how dare you make something that looks vaguely like a dude in sixteen pounds of armor from the future? That's copyrighted by we games own, workshop fuck we you. own we
0: famously own the idea of space marines yeah, nobody like, else has ever done that one. <laughs>
1: it's such a that's such a dumb concept that they have such control to like get stuff taken down on all these websites where people are sharing their like free edits of stuff ridiculous fuck off they bought your model they have it in front of them they're allowed to model their own shit off that yeah they're not profiting off it so fuck off (laughs) like i don't know (laughs) i you know there's a degree of like artists shouldn't be stolen from but also games workshop has really bad like from everything i've read they treat their stuff badly they don't pay them enough so it, all the arguments of like oh they're not being paid what they're due because of the artists and well what have you is like no the artists aren't the one getting one's getting paid it's the people who own games workshop and they can fuck right off
0: yeah we don't care about the bosses we care about the glosses the people that paint them up and make them people that are just making arts yeah those people are the ones we want to support and like i don't know i'm torn between like wanting to support artists but also being an artist and like making my own versions of things like
1: well i think it's you know like if if there is benefit to you to making your own which i think there's that there can almost always be why not but the It's the things where you don't have the skill or the technique or the ability that another artist might have. That's where I really want to, like, support them. And in other ways, like, help them make more of what they're doing. That's what, you know... I I like making my own versions of things, but that doesn't mean you can't appreciate other artists. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So... yeah.
0: Yeah, it's kind of going to a restaurant. I don't like ordering stuff that I wouldn't make at home. Or that I would make at home. Yeah. Like, well, I can just make that at home.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, well... Sometimes, because I, I like to think I make a mean burger, but, like, often I'm too lazy to make my own burger <laughs> from scratch, because it's sort of a whole thing.
0: That actually is a thing that I, I like doing. I'm, I like being such a greasy North American. If I travel abroad, I want to see what they do with a hamburger. Yeah. I want to see what they do with pizza.
1: Pizza's it, an interesting one. It's always... It never fails to be interesting. It, it's fascinating. Like, when I was in when I was in England, like... <clears throat> getting feta on a pizza seemed almost impossible. Huh. Which is just something that I grew up with as being perfectly normal. But another thing that I grew up with being perfectly normal is banana on pizzas.
0: Oh. A friend of
1: mine is a huge fan of banana on pizzas. She fucking adores it. And I could never stand it. But, like, I'm very huh. much in the indie camp of, like, you can put whatever the fuck you want on a pizza.
0: I mean, I'm pro-pineapple, so, I and I like bananas. But it, that does seem a little, like... It's a little uh, out there, yeah.
1: <laughs> like okay. You don't go, don't go your own way too far. <laughs> I I think I, I don't know. I mean, if you want to be putting. Blocks of cheese. Well, I guess cheese exists ex- exists on on your pizza, but I've seen some that are just like here's a slab of cheese oh that my. is partially melted on one slice of pizza. That's. I, don't <laughs> know. I,
0: I like when they got the big like balls of like the bocchini or whatever. Oh yes, the big big goop, an ice cream scoop of something soft. That's that's nice. I like that. Yeah,
1: a nice uh, a nice fresh mozzarella, just like a chunk of it. It's like yeah, it has that extra taste. Yeah some of my favorite pizza is just like the old classic where it's just like here's some mozzarella here's some tomato paste oh yeah the margarita yeah and like some basil leaves it's delicious oh yeah (laughs) solid and
0: that's like honestly you should you should probably test a pizza place by that honestly right that's can you can you make that good okay
1: like for me it almost becomes this thing of there's like two kinds of pizza you get the like This is the slightly fancier stuff where you order a margarita and it's just, it's heavenly. It's like, just right. It's incredible. And they do all sorts of like really creative things. And then you have the like, the chain place where it's like, what would you like on your pizza? You can put fucking anything.
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's a very different pizza vibe. That's like a hockey game pizza vibe. That's like (laughs) North, there's North American pizza, Italian pizza. Yeah, And then there's everywhere else. I mean, I like <laughs> everywhere else is usually trying to mimic one of those two
1: yeah i think that's that's like it seems like the majority i have i will say i've had um a spanish pizza that was basically just like a very deep dish almost a bread-like thing that was really really good i don't mm. know if that's specifically like spanish pizza i'm not super well informed but my extended family like did stuff like that uh, um, and they were all Spanish, so okay, okay, you know.
0: Well, I don't know if it's exactly a local tradition, but the weirdest pizza I ever had was uh, the one I had at Mount Everest base camp. Mm. Um, it was uh, as far as I could tell, the crust was made out of like pasta pushed together.
1: Oh, that's interesting. I think I've heard of that before. That and sounds really tasty, honestly.
0: They all had uh, <laughs> so I don't know, I guess ketchup and uh, a can of tuna fish and yak cheese. Oh. Uh, so, um. You know everything tastes pretty good uh, at fifty seven hundred meters.
1: I, I can imagine you're probably fucking starving. It's freezing as hell, and you've been working your butt off to get oh, there.
0: You're just, it's awful. It's it's really quite awful being up there. I mean, you get used to it after a while. And of course, like you're huffing and puffing and dying, and then like a local guy that you met you know in, in the, <laughs> the next town over goes running running with a backpack full of solar panels and he's like oh hey see you in the next town he just <laughs> keeps on running across the steppe like we could like conan and Subatai.
1: i mean you know like this is the thing we're not really suited to those sorts of environments anymore like we just don't do enough of that kind of thing
0: we have to live up there you don't yeah. get acclimatized your red blood cells uh, get used to it or whatever
1: well, I mean, in uh, so in Cape Town, there's a regular race called the the Two Oceans, that um, people do. A, I think it's a running race. I, this is how little I know about sports normally. So, um, but <laughs> but uh, it's a it's a regularly well known thing that a lot of Joburgers go down to Cape Town, and because it's so much higher up in Joburg, uh, when they come down to Cape Town, the air is much thicker. And they perform with like ten to twenty percent better than the locals because right. it's just well, like, yeah. well, we got lots more oxygen to work with now.
0: Actually, like, <laughs> not supposed to be like that's blood doping. You're not allowed to like take somebody else's <laughs> blood who's done that, which they totally do.
1: Well, I mean, this is this is the best thing. Is that you um, the best kind of uh, that kind of training, from what I've heard, or blood doping? Is you you get into like one of those chambers that amps up your oxygen, the oxygen they are breathing in to about the max that you can handle. Then they draw your blood, and they store it, and then just before the match time, they pump you full of the highly oxygenated, oxygenated yeah. blood from while you were in the, like, oxygen tank. It's
0: That's the win-win. That's it's your own blood, and you only have to go up high.
1: You know what? Like, if, if capitalism wouldn't turn this into a horrible nightmare where people were being used as, like, fodder to for corporations to win brownie points against each other... I read the Olympics and all these sporting events, let people blood dope. Let them take whatever the fuck stimulants they want, replace limbs, do whatever they want. Oh let's God. go blood ball. S- 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 <laughs> cyborg Olympics. Why not? Sure. Like, let's push the boundaries of, of what it means to be human and human achievement. Like technology at this point is part of our evolution. Might as well let people just I don't know. Transhumanism. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, Are you gonna do computer in the brain?
1: Uh maybe. Yeah, you do that? I I think I could like I I think it's gonna be a more of like a gradual thing where it'll be more like um I don't know extra memory space that you could recall where you oh. could just like record mental images and things like that or additional processing power for certain things where you could just kind of like flick bits of pieces off to it and like I mean come on how many screens into your eyes that sounds great <laughs> <laughs> I
0: mean like. I I could see, you know, I was watching uh, my partner do some, like, rec- uh, programming stuff and, like, doing this, like, Linux, like, keystroke thing where you can, like, you can, like, press a key and then, like, it'll show the screen, like, on the screen, like, what key to press to skip to any given link yeah. that's on the screen. So you can just navigate entirely with keystrokes, just, like, so what if you have it set up that that's, like, a, even just a simple program like that, that, like, you would see different things and it would like based on what your visual perception is picking up if you think about wanting to go to that link it just takes you there and you can psychically navigate a computer program
1: well i mean this is this is this has been the dream of sci-fi and like i mean ever since i was a kid like this kind of stuff sounds this is so awesome to me like you know we could control cars vehicles everything by just jacking in voila now you have extra perceptions and if you've got the training and the the right kind of thing to handle it, then voila, now you have a differently shaped body to work with and you don't have to navigate things in the same way. I don't know. That's
0: pretty cool. It sounds like you can, you know, hack your body and get some superpowers, but I feel like you're opening yourself up to some, uh, you know, perhaps a, a special body might require some special care, might require... Uh, A degree of control, perhaps parts of some kind of planned obsolescence
1: or subscriptions or... (laughs) This is the depressing thing. You know, in the utopian future, we get to have all these cool things without the consequences of corporations, like, leveraging how much time we get to use our fucking arm for because they paid they built the parts and now we've got a subscription service to your own fucking arm like <laughs> not a fuck no. you. i don't want that future okay we gotta be making
0: our own robot arms out of old garbage then i i mean that's an aesthetic <laughs> i'm here for that but I, I mean i guess that's where i'm going with a lot of my thinking on this of like going your own way in the face of like you can try and do cool stuff with like the system, the technology, and all this, this su- incredible supply chain we supposedly have going on, but it all feels so fragile. And there's this ever encroaching influence of companies buying things up and leveraging control. Like, you know, one of the things that made me want to talk about this this week is how like Facebook is now yeah. implementing; they're going to be charging eleven ninety nine for uh, uh, was it like a desktop, and then fourteen ninety nine for mobile to have like your validated. Protection
1: thing. Fifteen dollars a month is just insane. It's
0: ridiculous to use freaking Facebook. Of all freaking like everybody, you know, laterally like hates Facebook. Like uh, what are they?
1: What do they think this is gonna? I mean, ironically, this might be a better business model than I thought because uh boomers, yeah, um, they made yeah, themselves the pretty, the money.
0: and they're the ones whose identities keep getting stolen. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it is a real problem. The idea, like, like honestly, like my aunt, you know, rest her soul, she died last year. And it was very, you know, sad and tragic. Obviously, her family is very upset and it, it's, a, balances, yeah. it's a horrible thing. And, and then just recently, I don't know, some malevolent force resurrected her Facebook profile and started posting these really creepy images of like some young girl with like her face kind of blurred out what the fuck it was really creepy and like i don't know whatever happened with that i don't know if there's anyone stopping that like there's just a ghost possessing my dead aunt's account
1: it feels like a black mirror episode level of like creepy your dead relative just starts posting pictures of like <laughs> people with blurred out faces yeah like, like...
0: <laughs> and like who knows what else they'd start posting it's certain advertisements certain yeah. malware like uh, I mean, but like, so it happens though. Like, even to living boomers, and, oh, and yeah, like I've I've had happen. People try to hack my account. Like, sure, it's a problem on there. Uh, account protection sounds like not a bad idea, but what you see in there, of course, is you know we you know we want real information on Facebook, of course, right, Jenna? We don't want misinformation to be spread on Facebook. I mean, absolutely. We don't want misinformation no. spread on anything, preferably, but like So it stands to reason though then maybe that we should prioritize the information that's being spread by uh, verified users. If you oh. if you look closely at what they what old Zucky wrote there about this, yeah, you will be prioritized if you're paying for uh verification and it's all hiding behind this language of safety, of you know, uh truth and, and verified information oh. rather than misinformation. But really it's Pay us money, and then people will actually see your damn Facebook
1: posts. Isn't that always just the, the calling card of this stuff? It's for safety and security. Don't worry about it. You've got nothing to hide. It's not a problem. We'll just keep encroaching on your security and your privacy, and then make you pay for it. Because yeah. that makes e- even sense. Even though
0: they already are making money from you just being there, they're selling your data, and the whole damn platform is so horrible and borderline unusable because
1: it's based around selling your data. But it, it, It's also like we've just watched this whole thing play out on Twitter where, like, Elon Musk was like, no, 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 there's disinformation on Twitter, so we're going to, like, re this, so now, like, to be verified, you pay money. That's going to fix it somehow. And, like, we all know that did the opposite. People with verified accounts were pretending they were all sorts of things. It cost a, um, which I'm super delighted by, cost a multi-billion dollar company, like, millions of dollars in stock prices because somebody was pretending to be them. It was like, insulin is free now, basically. Yeah, um, <laughs> we love to see it, folks. Yeah, beautiful. That that's it just made my day. But, like, you know, clearly it doesn't work. If you can pay to be a voice of truth in... Yeah, you know, extreme air quotes. If like, everybody can be verified, then nobody is verified. Exactly, and it just means that the people who have money get to have a voice. It's just like another case where they're like, "Oh, you don't have money? Fuck you! You get don't get to say anything." Like, yeah, wh- <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> and so it becomes this. It becomes incumbent upon us perhaps to have a desire to withdraw from these platforms because I don't want to participate in that. On principle, I don't want to foster this pay-to-play mode yeah like it, i don't that's not good
1: i am I, I like i am so tired of so many uh, places i've recently like hopped on tumblr again oh of, wow just because i, I thought to an see asteroid it. hit it <laughs> it's still intact <laughs> it's still intact it's still going honestly it's going pretty strong especially after twitter sort of lost its mind recently hmm. um, they've had a big influx of users they undid the not safe for work Fan. oh so, so it's like, porn's on the menu again boys porn's on the menu again but it oh, also oh, okay honestly honestly,
0: honestly it would just work just saying meat's back on the menu boys
1: that's true <laughs> but,
0: sorry i've mangled there a movie quote just for the sake of a joke and it made it worse
1: i mean worse yeah sure i guess or i better <laughs> i'm obsessing yeah i think it's fine but
0: uh but yeah so tumblr's back on the menu
1: yeah tumblr is back on the menu tumblr seems to be going strong but the delightful thing is just how fucking weird it is it's such a weird little hole of the internet that i i kind of adore just how weird it is because they're absolutely bucking the trend of being functional or like their merch has gotten to the point where they're selling like in-joke items like, you can buy Tumblr shoelaces because that was a thing. That was a, like, Tumblr meme a while ago about how to identify people on Tumblr, is, like, buy their shoelaces. It, huh. <laughs> I don't remember the exact details, like, I had, or the the exact post, but it's well worth looking up. It's a delight. This seems to
0: relate to... What is it? Garbage truck outside? Yeah. I don't I don't know. Maybe it... We just keep going? I don't know. Yeah, why not? Sure, okay. Frig you, garbage truck. We'll keep going. um you know it was like last week or we were talking about memes and like how culture and products so everything would be based around like the meme of the week but like yeah.
1: well, but you
0: but if you have like i don't know it's a sub it'd be like these subcultures these different competing well, meme cultures and product lines
1: now i mean this is the thing this, like with tumblr it feels a little <clears> more <throat> genuine because it's a company that just it feels like they're just sort of giving up like they're not Trying to, it doesn't feel as much like they're trying to cynically milk everybody for cash. It's just like, please, we need to keep the lights on. Like, mm. <laughs> we need some help. So. It, it
0: seems like all these platforms are in that. Like, because like Facebook and Twitter are both suffering. They're they're doing this subscription stuff because they made big blunders. You yeah. know, Elon Musk with buying Twitter and and Zuck with the metaverse. Like, they're both stupid things that cost them tons of money, and now we got to <laughs> pay for it.
1: Yeah, the metaverse was. That was a wild trip of a mistake. Like nobody asked for this.
0: Like, nobody asked for this.
1: The the whole pursuing of the like the the name metaverse, like just <sighs> these guys seem
0: like they're stuck in in that two thousands like Reddit humor, like calling something meta. I, mean, it was, I don't know how many ten ten thousand years ago it was of like calling something meta. I was like, oh, that's so meta like
1: yeah and it's well, like
0: no one cares about that anymore that's like not a cool thing to say
1: it's also it's from a, a novel i it, the name is escaping me as is the author's name but it's from a novel metamorphosis
0: like, franz kafka
1: metaverse is from there no <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say <laughs> my brain was like wait what sorry i won't
0: use my vampiric powers of mind control
1: for evil jenna sorry uh... <laughs> um no i i think it's from is it a philip k dick novel i think oh um, i could, i could believe it sure sure but it's like you know about cyber like um
0: uh... <laughs> i've i've read a few <laughs> philip k dicks but i don't remember i just remember the broad strokes always yeah i never remember um, weirdo little details because i'm not like it, i don't know
1: i think it's a it's a cyberpunk novel where like people end up in the metaverse which is the vr like scape that they go into and oh hack and stuff. it's like the torment and, nexus and it, yeah it's like it, it it talks about the they talk about like having built this um like the, the main character is talking about like building their neighborhood with the original people that set up the metaverse and then um like it became more and more garbage truck outside <laughs> anyway is this was well, fitting for the metaverse <laughs> please yeah <laughs> uh, i mean true that but yeah, like it became more corporate, and more and more corporate, and and what have you. It feels like fucking um, Facebook, Android person whose name I'm escaping on again. Uh, but that was that was a whole wild trip. Sorry, I'm going down like. Hey, weird no, avatars, I'm we're, I'm here but, for it. Cause, you know um, that that metaverse advert where he has his avatar, and the entire time I'm watching it was like. He looks more uncanny valley than his avatar. His avatar looks more like a real person than he does. Yeah. What the fuck?
0: Well, I mean, I'm talking about a little weirdo that made some uh, Rate the Hot Girls on Campus app that somehow became the way everybody does business.
1: Right. And he has no other ideas. Well, I mean, this is the thing. He was just trying to steal this concept. But, like, steal it and speedrun it to the corporate overlords-run-the-internet stage? It was like, no, 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 we don't need to deal with the cute neighborhood that people made themselves. We're going to sell the idea that that's a thing as part of it, but we're actually doing the corporate side of it. Like, you know what most people probably didn't want? Was to have to sit in meetings in VR yeah now your meeting comes with extra headache (laughs) oh my god no (laughs) your fucking boss is pretending to be i don't know a robot in front of you and
0: isn't this requirement at at meta they gotta they gotta spend some amount of time in the metaverse like that's part of how it is when you work there i think
1: so i would heard something about that like and they have to have a bunch of meetings in vr and shit like rather work for the (laughs) cenobites right (laughs) that at least sounds fun (laughs)
0: oh man yeah i gotta Solve the lemon configuration once a day at the meeting or whatever. <laughs> That'd be better than frickin' sitting in VR. God.
1: Yeah, I was just like, I'll just casually stab myself with a fucking pencil for an hour. <laughs> that <laughs> sounds more fun than doing a goddamn business meeting in VR. Ugh. Shoot me now.
0: <laughs> and I, I just, I don't, have, like, nobody asked for this. It's just, it's just I feel like it's just playing their hand. They're like, yeah, we're gonna buy all of the real world, so you're gonna have to live in a dog kennel in VR, so get used to it now. I mean...
1: Like, it is looking forward to the future in a surprisingly effective manner in some ways. But boy, did he flood the landing. Like, yeah, I, I do genuinely think VR is an aspect of the future. It's coming. It's like what is here already is really crazy impressive. There's so much cool stuff. But You know what people don't want? Facebook's sanitized nothing burger. Like, <laughs> it. <laughs> oh... The Metaverse sucks so badly. Everything I've seen about it looks so boring. It's so weirdly sanitized. Nobody has legs for some reason, even though VRChat has managed that. But I guess occasionally sometimes it's a little janky. And so the Metaverse was like, no, 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 we can't have the jank. It's got to look corporate pretty. So everything is corporate art style where it all looks the same. And just vaguely devoid of life.
0: I just... I'm just dude to it. I'm Prince. No VR. I'm not going into your hell dimension. You can't trick me. You're not going to get me to eat the lotus. You're not going to get me to live in a dog kennel. <laughs> I'm not eating the bugs. I'm going to live in the real world. I'm going to make pens out of garbage.
1: <laughs> See, I want to do both. I, I, I. There's so much potential in VR for me, but like, at the same time, I everything's so corporate and oppressive i fully understand that sentiment if we lived
0: in a better real world i think i'd be more interested in a fantasy world oddly
1: enough yeah i think that's that's perhaps the thing is like i read a lot of fiction when i was younger that had my my eyes starry and my brain thinking of all the wonderful things that would be part of the future and now i'm presented with a corporate hellscape that is providing The vague flavor of those things and none of the substance.
0: Uh, It's a sad thing. They just they buy everything up. We're you know what it is? We're living in the money society, of course, right? Uh, The old capitalism. Everything is based on the dollar. So that means whoever's got the most dollars wins. They can do whatever they want. They'll buy everything up. You're not going to brute strength them. It's not a contest of brute strength. It's a contest of dollar strength. You know you're not going to outsmart them because it's not even a matter of how smart you are. It's a contest of dollars.
1: I was like 50 people own half the world's worth. Like, what? So, like, 50 people can decide the fate of everyone else?
0: Yeah, Elon Musk can just buy Twitter and wreck Twitter for everybody.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's it's not that it was
0: great before, but it it was just, like, jumping on it and making it sink.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, I, I, I have not been a fan of Twitter since... Before, oh, I always, like as yeah. soon as it came out, I was like, "This seems like all the things I hate about Facebook faster for some reason, um, and with none of the, the stuff that makes it vaguely tolerable." And like, Facebook was a downgrade from MySpace, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, I'm I just miss having a website. I miss websites. Right. Remember homestarrunner.com? Yeah. Remember nope. when you had your own website? <laughs> Remember when search engines would actually show you websites and not just ads?
1: Yeah, God. And where you could actually use reasonable search functions. Like, I don't want results that contain this. Whereas Google is like, oh, we put more of those in your search results. Now, at least. Once upon a time. It was a a wonderful time when the freedom reigned on the internet. I
0: feel like I just, yeah, I've just stopped engaging with so much. Like, ostensibly I live on the internet. I do online stuff. But I just, like, don't search. I don't. I don't bother looking stuff up online a lot of the time because it's like, unless it's a product, basically, because that's all it's good for.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, honestly, like, I sit on weird places like Tumblr, because it's full of curios, and otherwise it's whatever product I'm consuming via the internet, as much as I would love for it to be something different.
0: And like, you know, this whole business, like social, like Facebook and Twitter, and all that, but all of it, it's like it's you get embedded into a system that they, some product comes along, some new thing comes along, and they try to make themselves indispensable, like automotive industry, they really yeah, embedded yeah, yeah. the automobile into North America, instead of say rail, right, they, they got that in, and they've made themselves indispensable, because everything's built around that now and even whether you want to have a car or not too bad everything's about having a car so good luck navigating the world without buying a car now
1: yeah except even there like the states is a weird bag of like they're pushing cars and they've made it basically mandatory for cars to exist in every fucking city but nobody wants to do road maintenance yeah nobody's bothering to look after the thing that like makes your country work like no that
0: sounds like communism (laughs) yeah oh oh, oh, a a big long piece of property that we all share oh that some people have to work on to fix and maintain that's that sounds like some indentured servitude to the public
1: yeah instead just gonna spend the just billions trillions of dollars on buying arms from arms dealers i guess and and paying um fucking mercenaries to do to do the same stuff you're supposedly sending soldiers to go and do like (sighs) what somebody's got to die jenna i guess i mean this is the worst thing like some of the stories i've heard is these these poor soldiers you're like well these mercenaries are being paid like 10 times what i'm being paid and we're the ones that go and get out and get shot and the mercenaries are the only ones that come up and sort the thing out after the fact because they're actually properly armed and get paid enough that it Matter is we're just the the cannon fodder It was like what what is the system why I mean, I mean
0: honestly that sounds a whole lot like how armies worked uh back in the day i was hearing about um you know I, i'm loving the uh the new podcast that's on uh the, the chapel boys are putting out the hell on earth uh it's about like the 30 years war
1: it sounds really interesting it's, yeah. it's been
0: superb so far i have to say and you know there's one part where they're talking just about the different like armies like you know regiments and there's mm-hmm. like those like musketeers at the bottom and you got like the halberders and sword and buckler guys and then uh, pikemen are at the top but then you've got like the cavalry that are like noblemen and like you've got all these <laughs> tiers of society of, of recognition and it's like class stratification of people based on what equipment they're given and it's mm-hmm. based on their social status like if you're a nobleman yeah you're an officer you're cavalrymen you are you got all the nice gear and you're going to come in at the end of the battle and mop up. Like you're not front lines. Like you're going yep. to those losers. They go first. We don't care about them. You get to come in and have all the glory afterwards. And you're also afforded like the, the right of capture or whatever. Right. Like they're going to take you hostage. They're not going to kill you. Yeah. Like you've, you've got this stratified class of, of people who they quite clearly get preference and social standing within violence
1: Well, I mean, like, you know, most in most cases, if you've been to, like, private school, for instance, even in modern times, you get sent to, um, to, like, if you have any degree of money or go to university or things like that, you end up being put into the officer's training, like in modern armies these days. And it's like, if you come from any sort of rich background, that's where you start. You don't start in with the grunts unless you make an active choice to do so, which is just, like, already class stratification. As like, I know there's like a whole thing between non-commissioned officers versus uh, the other ones. I, I'm not as, I don't know as much about this time as I did about like Roman structure, for instance, which is a weird thing to be interested in as a leftist, like Roman history, because most of the people that are super into Roman history are uh, not not the nicest of people.
0: Oh, where did that that F word come from? Was that was that the the old uh fascism? Is that how some roots in somewhere?
1: Oh god. I don't know why so many fascists are so obsessed with the Roman Empire. Like they were somewhat fascistic, but not as fascistic as the people that fetishized them are. Well, like, yeah, I mean
0: everything it's about harkening back to a golden age, right? Like Yeah. So, Rome was hardly a golden age. Well, they were harkening back to like Egypt. Like yeah. they were like, "Oh yeah, those guys, those are, they were amazing. They were like magicians. <laughs> like they knew everything. Wish we were as cool as them. One day we might be. Better conquer the world to get there."
1: Well, I mean, at one point they conquered Egypt. I think two yeah. points. That's a great point of
0: propaganda, got to say yeah talk up your enemy after you beat them we conquered mighty egypt you know did you know they know everything folks <laughs> they're so good they have such incredible magic but we beat them with our incredible army and trust me folks we're going to be conquering the rest of the world too we're going to be spreading civilization folks we're going to be bringing them freedom in the roman way of life and then we'll be better than egypt we're going to be better than egypt folks
1: well the, the funniest thing for me with all of that is like you know the the roman empire was as many people perceive it was destroyed when the barbarians air quotes um invaded and rome had been through civil war and collapsed and the barbarians came and cleaned up except that the entire fucking eastern side just was like "Mm, we'll leave you to that shit and we'll just carry on over here and they're like you guys want to fight over rome fine have your t- t- fun we're, we're gonna go and like set up shop in the east and they became like basically most of the cultures of the middle east were influenced by roman things where math and science were like they didn't have a dark ages they didn't have a middle ages where everybody was like no 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 no, god is just like this is it we science is evil and math is bad and you just listen to what the church says no they were like fucking making all sorts of advancements like so much of our math is from the middle east because they kept some of the knowledge and they just kept progressing on it and building on it and like the same people that are like, "Oh no, we really love how the Romans were." We're like, "No, no, no, we don't want anything to do with the Middle East. They're bad."
0: Not those Romans.
1: Yeah, like, <laughs> like what the fuck? What the oh, fuck?
0: I can't believe we always hear about that one side of Rome. But we don't hear about the other much better side of Rome. It sounds like yeah,
1: like I the mean, bad
0: mean side, and le- they're realistically probably still kind of mean. But
1: I mean, yeah, they, had,
0: they weren't completely destroying everything.
1: Well, like, I mean, then then you get to, like, the Crusades and all of that nonsense and the, the epic failure that was, like, the Peasant Crusade, where, um, the one priest was like, uh, God came to me and spoke to me and said I should create a crusade of, of peasants, and he just, like, collected thousands of random farm workers, effectively, who just abandoned their fields to go and invade uh the middle east on a <laughs> oh it's
0: like the, like a trucker convoy kind of situation
1: yeah and then they ended up like attacking a city that was allied with them because they weren't associated with the actual people who were like the lords who were setting up the actual crusades and they arrived early and they basically just sit siege to a allied city oh my god and then like yeah most trucker of the convoy had... <laughs> situation <laughs> Most of them disbanded. Like, it's an incredible tale, honestly.
0: I mean, I feel like, yeah, we've always had yahoos. Just like we've always had, like, class stratification. We've always had, like, dumbasses that are, like, they're really passionate about a cause and they're easily riled up and, you know, maybe manipulated into doing something that's against their interests.
1: Oh, I mean, history is so full of people making just the dumbest decisions. I mean, like, you know, the Second World War is full of them. I think it was uh, Rommel down in Africa, who was doing a sort of okay job, but couldn't quite, like, keep pace, was brought back to Germany and was like, hey, I I feel like they're going to invade on these beaches across, like, Omaha, etc. And, like, everyone else and like, Hitler was like, no, nah, no, no, it's fine, it's fine, don't worry about it, we've, like, got some intel. And at this point, they are, like, three layers of lies deep, you know, all the Brits had, like, created over five layers of, of um counter info basically misinformation including my absolute favorite they just stuck some orders in on a dead guy and pushed him into the channel (laughs) 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 like this is fine like um Yeah, like all these plans for fake D Day plans that they just put on this dead guy with a soldier's, like with an officer's uniform, and pushed him out into the ocean and let him drift over.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, getting somebody to commit to like the wrong move is much better than having them stay the same. Like you, you got to get them off balance, right? And like especially, it's like they're gonna know, okay, you're gonna be attacking at some point yeah what, when will it be Ooh, i don't know maybe
1: here or here oh, who knows i mean the, the truth of so much warfare especially like ancient warfare was just like misdirection across the board like some of the best generals were like uh, attaching sticks to their their uh their men's horses to d- kick up a cloud of dust because then it looks like there's a huge army approaching yeah. and you only have like 500 um cavalry unit or something or like sending two guys out each to like across a, a huge field like pairs of guys to go and create bonfires so that it looks like you have this huge army that's gonna mm. come and attack you the next day and people just fucking give up or,
0: or you always know, it was, it was the one the cities being besieged and they just get normal townsfolk to put on soldiers uniforms and stand yeah. on the gates and just like here's a helmet and a yeah. spear
1: <laughs> like go stand over there yeah
0: <laughs> yeah you make them think you got more than you got make them think you are where you aren't yeah. you don't want them to know that you're going to attack from wherever it is you're going to attack from
1: yeah make them think that you're so powerful that they could never stand a chance or like pull them into ambushes It's just like
0: or like there's a little long form like long form like strategic thinking of of like how do we you know propaganda wars mm-hmm. uh, we have to make our positions seem impregnable in the long term rather than just even the short tactical term and make them seem like uh you know we have our shit together more or that our, it, our defenses are stronger than they really are
1: well like it's interesting i used to be a little confused as to why like chess for instance was always something that was hyped up for generals and what have you to know because it always felt like it was very low on on certain kinds of strategy but it's actually because of like more modern techniques um where people memorize a bunch of moves uh towards the beginning of the game so that you know most of the counters and what have you whereas back in the day those weren't quite as popular or well known um but also like it's so much of it is about trapping your opponent into like giving them false impressions of what you're trying to do while still like capturing them effectively i I often
0: wonder uh if there was something like that going on with classical chinese martial arts because there's mm -hmm. all these like sort of like codified schools of kung fu there's like so many different styles of kung fu in china but there was like certain like codified like like almost like imperial academically accepted forms of kung fu and like i i get the sense because it was so tied up with like Theories of medicine and like the universe and science, like Chinese concepts of like chi and health and stuff like it was like this kind of philosophical academic like study. So it was like, I think there was a like almost like this academic Kung Fu of like, oh, you know, this style, well, of course I know how to counter that style. It's with this style. Like this yeah. kind of posture is what's needed to overcome this. And like, it was kind of, I think, removed from reality over time because less and less actual fighting occurred. Yeah. And more and more like, it's like, is a civilized, it's for civilized company. These men would do private duels. Maybe they wouldn't do like actual fights. And and like, it became removed from like just some street guy trying to beat you up or whatever and just swinging wildly you very different from fighting somebody that's you know studied every move and knows you yeah. know oh you're probably going to use this technique because you've studied the academic kung fu in the imperial court which we all know you have learned this style which means that I know you're going to do this so like it's a totally like you the fighting art and the strategy that you use within it is entirely environmentally contextual it mattered it it, it would work back then to fight like that but it wouldn't work now to fight like that
1: well it's it's actually something that i find quite interesting where i've seen um a, a degree of that in certain martial arts that i've gone to to take a look at where they especially talk about how how good it is for like defending yourself in the street and then they give examples in the class of like okay and this person attacks me like this and it's like every time, especially having grown up in South Africa, I've seen a couple of muggings. I've seen, you know, and like if you've ever seen somebody like actually try and stab a person, it's it doesn't look like what a lot of people think. It doesn't look movie things where people are doing like long thrusts or what have you. They run up nice and close and they look like they're almost giving you a hug and they stab mm-hmm. you 50 times in the gut. at like Short range. It's it's always funny to see these like demonstrations where they're like, Oh, I'm just gonna flip the guy over like this. Yes. Blah, blah. It's like Nuh-uh. most times no.
0: If somebody actually wants to hurt you with their knife, they're not gonna let you know that you they have it.
1: Yeah. I and I you know, I've seen It always fascinated to me that, like, there are some martial artists who I, without a doubt, know they can handle themselves, and other ones who I'm like, you're going to get stabbed. Mm -hmm. You're going to get into a fight that you shouldn't have, and a guy is going to bum rush you with a fucking sharpened screwdriver, and you're going to be dead. Yeah. Like... (laughs) (laughs) your <laughs> your fancy techniques are just not going to work in this situation because you haven't actually understood what they're trying to do in this moment you're thinking flashy like oh they're going to lunge at you like this and it's like no i'm expecting
0: how- you to fight like the people i train against yeah
1: like i think that's that's the fascinating thing and i i, I think you can see <clears throat> that same sort of idea in in the kind of like that that like codification of like this style versus this style until it becomes so sort of disconnected from reality that it's like well yeah if you're fighting under these particular rules but like how about you come up against the guy who just kicks you in the knee like yeah (laughs) or you know they uh
0: just throw a sucker punch (laughs) out of nowhere like
1: yeah or they throw a brick at you yeah (laughs) like your kung fu is great but uh, there's there's limits (laughs) there's limits yeah and you know that's not to say that like these things can't be very good and i think i've seen some people really like pull it off really impressively but I've also seen the opposite for people. I
0: I think the the real key with martial arts not to go too long about it, but there's a difference between martial arts and fighting. Martial arts is not fighting. Martial arts is training that you do, which can help you better understand fighting. But if you want to actually be good at fighting, you actually still have to fight people. Yeah, and this is coming from somebody like I don't fight people. Like I. I like doing martial arts and I do some sparring and partner work and stuff, but I don't, like, I'm not, like, not going to fight people. I don't want to get hit in the face. I'm not going to hit yeah. people. So I'm not going to pretend that I'm, like, good at that.
1: I, you know, it's a strange skill in the modern world to, like, train, especially as, like, you know, it's it's useful to learn how to fight if you're going to find yourself in a position where you're going to be fighting. But, like, these days, I would say it's also probably more useful to do some basic gun training courses. Or just,
0: yeah, yeah, well, definitely to understand how guns work and then run away. Yeah, absolutely. Like,
1: you know, like it, it can be extremely useful, I think, for people who are afraid of being assaulted by firearms to go and do a firearms course just so you know how they work and you know their limitations and all that stuff. I'm a big proponent of that. I think there are too many guns in too many places that are being used to hurt people. But like... You know, knowledge is power.
0: Here we are in a situation now where it's like we've got a system we live in where you kind of like, you can sort of rely on it. Like, you couldn't just shoot a gun wildly and and expect the police not to show up. Like, if you, chances are, if you get in a fight, the police are going to be called. There's a good chance that, you know, you don't need to completely defend yourself entirely on your own, like you're in, like, the wild frontier. But, Also, the police can't really be trusted. It's not a super reliable situation to be calling the police. Uh, You have only a very particular set of, you know, if you're like a nice, respectable-looking, white, middle-class person, you can probably call the police and have an okay time with it. But anyone else calling them, they don't have a reasonable expectation. They're being treated very well by them most of the time.
1: Yep. Well, I mean, there's been um, several cases of, african-american men in the situation where they have shot the assailant that was like attacking a group of people the cops rock up they see that guy with the gun and shoot him without asking questions because their first thought is unfortunately very often a racist one um it's like you can't if you're (laughs) you're not white you can't be sure that you're going to be safe if you call the cops. So we have a situation like that
0: where I think a lot of society is like this, of like, there's systems in place, but they're unreliable. And there's forces at work within governments, they're trying to make those systems less reliable. They try to strip them away, they make the laws ridiculous, they make the systems not work, so you can't rely on them, so you have to withdraw from them.
1: That's also like, even even unintentionally adding layers of bureaucracy, that impede or slow things down um like you see this with uh for instance disability care trying to get access to disability or any things where people end up having to go through extra steps just to get whatever they need it's like the system is is even when sometimes people are trying to help but they don't actually understand the people that they're trying to help um they put barriers in the way of other people or they make things that lead to situations where more racist or um, unpleasant outcomes occur because yeah like it's just like oh well i'm gonna put in a new committee that's gonna aid people to get through the system by having an intake exam that like helps them identify the the places that they the things that they need to do except that that's one more meeting that they have to go to that's one more thing that they have to do before they can interface with it. it's like you know um i know there are there are people who actually like talk about techniques for uh people of color in the states to, to to like de-escalate situations with cops like what to say when how to say it how to just to try and like oh my stop God. them from potentially seeing you as a threat
0: it becomes a whole extra skill they have to know this is extra time and energy they have to spend to stay alive yeah in a system that's supposedly there to help them be safe
1: yeah. It's like, you know, all these people being like, well, if you, if you just do this long list of fucking things, except that, that list keeps growing and people still keep dying.
0: It's like they keep on adding more and more burdens to take more and more out of you. Like they expand their own power at your expense. Uh, sound familiar with other systems? Like... Yeah. And it's like, I, I'm pointing this out not to be like, oh yeah, like Facebook charging you money is the same as institutional racism or, or you know, no, 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 no. <laughs> but, but it's a symptom of the same sort of forces of like expanding power of like, say, large corporations and the yeah. forces that serve them like police yep. and they expand their power. They take more and more from people and expect more from you and give you less in return.
1: Yep. Uh, I think that's, you know, that that is really something that it, that corporations... And like cops, for instance, well, not even for instance, cops are specifically um, entrenched in the system in such a way that their job is to protect private property. It's not to actually really help people. It's to protect private property. You know, when's the last time that you had a cop actually help you out with something? If you've been burgled or if you've been attacked or something like that, they pitch up, they take statements, and then it goes into a court case that maybe you'll see something out of. And, you know, statistically, they're more likely to work on the higher profile cases. And statistically, the higher profile cases are more likely to be from white people. Yeah. So, you know. Well, if you're
0: more likely to be operating, say, at a different wealth tier uh, because of, I don't know, some kind of institutional preference for people like you to be there, you're more likely to be operating with bigger cases more uh-huh. money involved is a higher profile thing, so then you're going to get that higher profile representation. Representation, maybe somebody from Harvard or some big school, right? The best lawyer in the in the land is taking the case for this big important case, and oh, what do you know? Now suddenly you're playing at the higher tier of everybody else. Like you are, you're able to be the big major player in law. Like in, you know, your case is the one that's deciding, you know, in the Supreme Court or whatever, right? Or, yeah. or like it's whereas if you're smaller to start with if you start out somewhere where you're less money less you know access to things you know people are more likely to view you in a negative lens for whatever reason well you're less likely to get there and be have your cause be taken up in such a big way that ends up you know making an effect in the world yep it's it, pay to play as always
1: yeah i was just about to say pay to play is is the way that they want everything to go And I think it's been like it's been a huge sticking point for a lot of capitalists that the internet has been extremely anti pay to play for a long time. And that's why they keep pushing more and more techniques. It's why so many games are like just fucking pay to play these days. It's why so many services are trying to like cut down how many other people can use them. And services that were once free now trying to charge more or charge for their services. Like I'm just it's depressing is what it is.
0: Like as an artist, like obviously I get concerns with software I like using, moving to a subscription model.
1: Oh, I, yeah. I
0: like a flat out will not do that. I'm not paying a subscription just on principle because now it's not just I have to keep paying them. It's not just about the money. It's that now they have this thing and they're holding on to it and they can change it at will. They can add things and take things out and I just got to take it. Yeah. I don't, I want my product that I got and it's mine. And they can't do anything to it.
1: Well, I mean, you know, a really good example of a way this can really fuck over consumers, people who are using these products, is like, I think it was the whole um, Adobe thing recently with uh, the paint. Where, uh, paint colors, where um, there's those print books that have a... My brain isn't doing the right association. Oh yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. So that what you have on your screen versus what ends up on the page match in a way that you know. Like you can look at this book and be like, okay, well, this color that I've associated will print like this because this is the standard that everybody's using. But it's a proprietary standard. And then like, you know, just to kind of explain this, because it's a proprietary standard, they were leasing it out to Adobe for Photoshop and other things. Um, so people were using that in their projects on Photoshop, but because Photoshop is a subscription service, when the license expired and they didn't want to update a bunch of stuff, Adobe just didn't want to pay for it. So they didn't. And then, um, the, the people that owned the color thing were like, Hey, fuck you. We're going to like withdraw the license. And so it just stopped working where everybody who had these files suddenly just didn't work correctly anymore because the actual Photoshop stuffed updating that stuff took away the license and now your colors you couldn't use the colors that were supposed to work like that so everything was suddenly like in matte black jeez
0: (laughs) i mean i don't know where to start with it because on the one hand i think like sort of copywriting and paying for colors is already kind of fucked up oh
1: absolutely like it's (laughs) it's fucked up already i can understand why there's a lot of effort and work that goes into it and it should be but like we should have a we should like we have a, a center for time that like everybody knows this is the place that you can go to and it's like propped up by governments because it's not meant to be earning money it's not a fucking corporation it is a service that people need to like standardize time so
0: it's just the standard this is the clock this yeah is the, the... this is
1: the thing that we use to determine what the time is this is the standards department this is where we say this is what what is that like... some atomic thing they got yeah, it's some a huge atomic clock that's hooked up to computers and stuff Um, I don't remember which... I think there's a few different places that do it, but they're all, like, government services as far as I know. They're, like institutions that are founded and supported by the public
0: so what you're saying is there's room for entrepreneurs to get in on this market and start up our own (sighs) rival standardized time new (laughs) verified time this is new bria verified time it's 15 dollars a month folks and you can buy it and this is guaranteed to be the time it's based on whatever my watch is set to you can just you know just text me and i'll tell you what time i got going on and you can set your time to that and that's yours folks $15 $15 a month.
1: I think I, I, I saw something a while ago about um, if libraries hadn't been invented already. If you, if anybody tried to suggest them at this point, they'd think they'd call you a socialist.
0: Because it's oh, yeah. like, oh,
1: people get to read books for free and oh, share yeah. them? What the fuck? Like,
0: <laughs> well, I mean, it's no coincidence, of course, they sabotage Drag Story Hour and stuff like that. Because they <laughs> don't want libraries, first of all, at all but they don't want them sharing ideas they don't like. They don't want them fostering the existence of queer people. And so that's the wedge they drive into it to get rid of this service that people rely on to make it yeah. unreliable for them. So they withdraw from it and they can take it over or dismantle it.
1: Yeah. It feels like a it, it, to them, it's like a two birds, one stone situation. They get to, to be angry about both things. Yeah. Cause you know,
0: attack queer people and destroy libraries.
1: Yeah. <sighs> the the destruction of public property is and you know the uh, (laughs) the destruction of the commons is is really what it is like you know these used to be common spaces that they're desperately trying to claw away like yeah i i think the color thing should absolutely be a public service it should be an institution that is like these are the default colors and we sell these books which help keep the lights on but they're not being sold at a profit they're just as a this, thing to this help. is
0: what col- you want things to work with industry industry i'm sure would like you to be able to work yeah. with them
1: here's a fucking standard why is this a company that is profiting off this like what the fuck
0: yeah it just seems like something that like if there's a printing house they would have like a manual of how their printers work and what the colors are and imagine all these manuals would be basically the same so it's just a standardized manual that comes with all the printing services that exist that run on that system and then you could just look at it and be like oh yeah i know these colors i can use those colors i'll set it up in my file so that when i send my file off to these printers it'll print up in these colors
1: yeah like i it should be a service it 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 doesn't even feel like it should be that hard to make this a service that like just public service
0: or you know, hear me out i mean we could also just start making your own printers out of garbage and you fill it up with whatever ink you can scrounge
1: around <laughs> i mean i do kind of like i i especially like that because i kind of that makes me think I, about i'm gonna be doing making, this by
0: the way i got a bunch of defunct printers that i'm gonna be trying to frankenstein up i think
1: i really like the idea maybe we could do something to like mix some interesting other pigments and things in there and see what we can get away with the thing working with because it could be really fun to do some like textured art with see if it can handle things
0: yeah yeah like, i I would long wanted to set up a printer to print out uh clear resin of yeah. or like just even to give like my custom pokemon cards that i've been known to make uh like a nice like top coat Ooh. that has texture to it texturing top coat is being the thing i've been trying to figure out because like some of those nice high-end like shiny gx's oh they got such a nice texture they got the little you can feel the bumpies you can feel all the little things and i want to make pretty cards like that and so if i could print resin on top of it it It, would
1: that'd be really really cool honestly i think we've spoken about this a little bit before but like yeah it's such 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 a cool concept i want to like make it work there's too many things to do in the world yeah too many too many like rabbit holes to get stuck down but i i i do think like that's the beauty of it like you have this custom thing that you want to be doing and there's so few options to do that which is why i really like the the, the pens that you've been working on oh, Because i'm like, so
0: happy with these pens jenna like these see so really pr- awesome Can we talk more about them? I want to talk more about the <laughs> yeah. beautiful pens that I've made.
1: Absolutely.
0: They are made out of uh, cannabis pre-roll tubes, which as I said are at the beginning of the pod has like an airtight child-proof seal. Mm-hmm. And then I've drilled a hole in one end of the tube where the, the lid is not on the other end. Yeah. And then I've stuck in the one I've just opened up here. I took an old Sharpie that was all burnt out. And I yeah. cut the end off the Sharpie so I'd have the section that the cap could fit on. Because uh-huh. you got to have a cap for a pen, right? Yep. And then I I stuck in that another tube, a little plastic tube.
1: Ooh. And then
0: I stuck in the tube like a, a crow quill type dip pen. Like uh, you normally have to dip a pen in ink. Yeah. And then that goes in the Sharpie. And then the Sharpie goes in the end of the hole that, like, that I drilled into the cannabis tube. And then a piece of foam, I insert that through the small tube and it goes to the tip of the the pen nib. And then there's foam. As I said, all pens just have foam in them. I shove a big old piece of foam inside the main tube that touches with the little piece of foam. And then you put ink into it. And then the ink flows down into the pen. You sometimes have to rehydrate it a bit uh, to get it going. But once it gets going, you've just got a beautiful dip pen on the go. Which I can take that nib out. And replace it. I've yeah. got a box full of these metal nibs. I've never run out of those. That's I got an, I got great. a couple I made kind of like that. I got a couple others that are just pens that I liked that I just, you know, did basically the same process to. But instead of the whole nib thing, I just put the pen that I liked on it with its cap and stuff onto yeah. this big body. And part of why I chose the big bodies of the cannabis tubes wasn't just that they have like they could have a, a nice big high capacity. They can mm-hmm. hold tons of ink, but they have the back, the cap, of course, on the back. Lets you open it up and refill them easily
1: yep. and with
0: this huge capacity in the big body. But also the big body, um, it just fits really nicely in my fingers really comfortably. And like, yeah. you know, this time last year, I was having a lot of like joint problems, which I'm doing way better with these days. But it just got me thinking about like long term, like when as you get older, your hands Maybe are nice. probably going worse, right? Yeah. So and pens that the man makes big pen they don't care about your hands. They just care about making a cheap little plastic tube that's portable. They don't care if you're gripping it too tightly and hurting your old person fingers. No, you need a nice big chunky Bria pen, folks. It's made out of a cigar tube or a cannabis tube, or I got another one that's made out of a, a pill bottle. Uh, the pill bottle one is honestly just a like a paintbrush that I took the end off of and stuck holes into the the bristle part with the pin so the mm-hmm. ink could flow freely through the bristles and then stuck that onto a pill bottle with foam in the pill bottle and then i put uh also foam into the tip of the pen so that it would carry the ink down into the t- pen tip and then an old other pen cap on top of that yeah and i'm excited
1: to see how that one draws actually.
0: it's a little sloppy because it's a cheap brush but if i used a nice high quality brush i think it would work pretty well yeah and then this other one's another kind of oh, this is a super glue container And it has a super glue cap on the top for an airtight seal. And then it also has one of those crow quills. This is a G pen from Japan, my favorite comic nib
1: with a piece
0: of foam wedged up into it. And uh, this is okay, but it's got this weird gray ink. It's really hard to make nice gray ink. Um, Mm. So I've got to perfect my ink recipe, which is what it comes down to with a lot of these things. It's like, okay, you got the pen. You could refill the pen. You could cut the pen up and make it into whatever you want, but you got to source your ink. And that is where they often have the proprietary edge. They've got their fancy highfalutin inks. And you've got to find a way to source some nice ink like that. you got to get that primo ink.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, I think that's, I I love the idea of all of this. This just, like, pulling away from, from this disposable plastic crap. Because, I mean, that's the other thing that all of this does is we have got the, the like, uh all of this global warming issues that we're having with waste plastic and it ending up in the environment and things like that and like you know an ink <laughs> printer ink has always been horrendously expensive uh sorry i'm going in like three different no, directions here all at the same go off, time queen. but um like you know a this is saving saving on the plastic and like b if the inks that you create yeah, it's a little bit tricky to start with, but like once you really get going, it's going to pick up and allow you to do much more creative things with the ink as well. Yeah. if you want a particular shade of gray, you can make it happen. Exactly. Because once you know how to mix it, you can mix it up.
0: I can refill, like already some of these pens I've got here, I've given them different color inks than they were originally intended for. Yeah. And you can just refill your pens with any color ink you want. You don't have to use the same ink you used before. And you can tr- metallic inks, you could experiment with that if you want that kind of effect. Like... You can do anything with it. And, you know, the, one of the final things that I feel like with it is, like, you know, peop- you know, pens, they can just replace them easily. But, like, it's not just the expense. Like, we've experienced, like, this big supply chain disruption yeah. over the past few years. And people keep talking about that getting worse. Fuel costs keep going up. And, like, everything just seems more precarious. Are you guaranteed that the pen you really like is going to keep being on the market? Are you guaranteed the way things are going that you're going to be able to get exactly what you want from stores like you know on demand the way we're used to because i've got a feeling that's not going to be the case in the next few decades
1: well something so this is a weird um tangent to go down but like something that i've been seeing more is people talking about their weird jobs that they have in various sectors i say weird jobs but like unusual jobs um yeah unusual jobs or jobs that maybe not everybody is as aware of but like there's still sort of service industry jobs like people working around getting stuff from a to b you know your distribution networks um and like apparently the same thing that happens in a lot of stores these days with uh regular just like shop workers or what have you is that they're employing more people more frequently and they have really high turnover because they want to get people the, it's the it's the same thing i saw in the it industry where like for instance, when I think it was Swift, which is the Apple, I think it's the Apple proprietary language that they made a little while back, the language had been out for two years. And I was seeing job postings of like, we want a senior Swift developer with five years of experience with Swift. And it's like, well, the language should be public for two years. What are you talking about? That's, that's impossible. not impossible. Yeah, like yeah. That's not possible. How are you, how is your brain looking at this? And it's just because they're ticking boxes on a spreadsheet. They're not actually looking at like what the job entails. They don't care about any of that. It's their job to like put out the the mm. h r message to to hire people and like they want a senior developer and they want a senior developer for this language so they go, well senior developers have at least five to ten years of experience and they've got to be in this language it's like not possible but you don't understand that so
0: they're technically hitting their required metrics but they're so disconnected from the reality of what they're the system they're in that they're just missing
1: the mark yep and then like what, what they'll do in in all of these situations with like store is is they'll employ a bunch of people they'll give them the training but then they don't actually want to schedule them full-time they request full-time they're like no no, no you got to have full availability because they're trying to fill in the slots yeah, and the yeah. spreadsheet it looks good to fill in all the slots But then they don't actually want to give people more than like 20 hours a week. Oh, no. Then you have to pay benefits and stuff. Yeah. Well, this is is the other thing because they don't want to actually have them as permanent permanent employees, but they want them to have full availability because that fills up their spreadsheets nicely.
0: And also, if they require them to fill in for somebody in an emergency, they would have to pay them overtime. Whereas if they only work 20 hours a week and they fill in for somebody, that's
1: just normal hours. Exactly. And I mean, all of these factors lead to them like hiring all these people and then... Not actually filling it up. And then they have high turnover because people are like, well, I'm being paid minimum wage and I'm working 20 hours a week. So 20 hours at minimum wage is not enough to afford rent. Yeah. Why so, am I here? Like, and I can't go and find another job because when I say, hey, I want to work these days, the company's like, no, 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 no. you got to give us full availability or you're fired. And like, Well, I guess I'm fired then. Yeah. Because I can't live on what you're paying me and I can't get a second job. So... Bye. Um, Good
0: luck filling this position.
1: Yeah. And of course, like the people doing the spreadsheets don't see this. They don't care. But what it's starting to have is more and more of an impact. Like uh, Amazon, a couple of, I think it was a year ago, had a uh, an internal memo leaked where they were pretty sure that in certain certain areas in the States... They're going to run out of employable workforce in, like, two years.
0: Because they'll just burn everyone who would work for them out?
1: They have burned through more than 70% of the available workers that they think that exist in that area that would work for them. They have burned through more than 70% of them.
0: The people who don't work there anymore, they've, like, quit or been fired. Or or, died. Yeah, they're injured, uh, disabled now. You know, so they've just... Piled through the workforce. Oh what God. happens when they run out of people? Does that just it? The system will just use you. They're they're it's yeah. it's they're not for you. It's for them. And so f- participating in a system fully is really difficult for people because they'll just take everything they can from you. If I've often found at any job, like if I'm good at that job, that just causes the management to like take more and more from me. Oh yeah. Until I can't. You know, like you're better off like being mediocre at your job or not letting on that you're too good. Because you're going to pay for it eventually.
1: The reward for being good or efficient at your job is more work.
0: Yeah. It's like, like Jensen's or Jevons paradox. The, yep. the increase of the efficiency of the reuse of resource will uh, not cause a decrease in the
1: use, but an increase of the use. Yep. It, I mean, it, it feels like the same kind of thing that happens with like um, public transit versus cars. If you build an extra lane into your road, more people will use the road. Congestion stays the same. Like, if you build more public transport, more people use public transport. Traffic goes down. <laughs> like, we know these things to be true. Nobody wants to implement them because, well... Well, they. Well, that just makes
0: total sense. Of course they, they wouldn't implement it. They're not going to give you more public transport if that's going to make... More cars, the cars go down because they're paid by car companies. They they have an interest in cars staying up. The oil companies need that uh, cars going
1: up like we talking about. It's also like they're like, well, people aren't using public transit that much. It's like, yeah, because your public transit sucks. Yeah. So if your public transit sucks, most people don't use it because it's hard to get fucking anywhere on it. So you know how you fix this? By making more public transit. It's... Not by waiting for more people to use public transit. And they
0: do this with every program. They cut everything back so that way people are like, this sucks. Why am I paying taxes for this? Fuck that. Yeah, let's defund it. Whatever. Get rid of
1: it. Yeah, that's the that's the privatization wheel right there. Just like, make the service shittier, give it less money, and then tell people that it's costing them lots of money in taxes and eventually you can defund it <laughs>
0: like, it's, and like so i don't blame people for wanting to withdraw from things that aren't working but like how do we decide what's a thing to withdraw from and what's a thing to stay and participate in because if you do seed like you don't want to seed say your stake in libraries and public yeah. transit and even just government institutions to a degree although i think I don't know. We're at a point where, like, you can't really expect a government, like, say, elected government, to actually do anything for you. It's just about you don't want it to become worse than it already is.
1: Well, I mean, you know, I am a big fan of of protests. (laughs) I think like protesting is real important, but also engage with systems that work. Like, if you can go down to your local library, make use of it. Libraries are see it consistently good yeah yeah the more people that use the library the more funds they're likely to get because they can argue that like more people are coming through our doors we're getting x number of people so we need better facilities and
0: hey since those search engines are unreliable you could try reading books they might get yeah. some more useful information on to say, no, it takes a little longer to get it, but it'll be real. It won't just be a bunch of ads.
1: I mean, like, I I swear librarians tap into some kind of weird fucking library magic where you ask them for something and they will know how to find it. It's crazy. Oh, yeah.
0: Librarians, I've, every librarian I've met has been a very... Uh, I don't know where this stereotype of them being, like, boring or whatever came from. They're always really cool, interesting people that know
1: a lot about a wide variety of subjects. Yeah, well, I mean, they're surrounded by books on every topic every day, and, like they're looking at lists of all these books they can find whatever is is fascinating and inter- interesting to them
0: well honestly i wanted to record this podcast at the library because that's where i recorded my first podcast that i ever did and it was really great place to record but the uh the labs aren't in use right now but as soon as they are this might become a library recorded podcast
1: yeah i'm very much pro that i think we should definitely do that like yeah they've been under maintenance i think because uh, they took the opportunity under covid yeah something like that they were closed for so.
0: covid and then they did maintenance so we'll see yeah. when it happens but yeah that, that'd be nice but, but like just you yeah, using these systems that actually matter and like yeah. Uh, but then you do have to be willing to like step away from things that aren't serving you like i don't think it is a good idea for people to be like oh yeah i'll just pay 15 dollars a month for facebook verified or whatever." no don't no. don't don't pay for twitter don't pay for facebook like come on no
1: way i like you know i don't pay for netflix if you can um, avoid it there are plenty of ways yeah absolutely don't pay for disney plus disney is a corrupt company that hates queer people
0: you know what you should honestly do you should give your money to small content creators uh patreons that's a really good thing to be doing you know (laughs) absolutely it really actually the money actually goes somewhere to helping people uh, create better content at higher quality uh, and you are it's something you already know is like working for you that is in line with who you are because it's a more personal connection, chances are. It's going to be a little more real and authentic and not this massive product that's been made to fit as many possible boxes without, you know, really properly fitting in. They just, you know, big, broad content. We don't want that. We want We want specific individualized content of many different artistic voices putting themselves yeah. out there. So, you know, if you really like, you know, any content creators that you you like listening to their podcast and reading their comics and seeing different videos that they put out and, and just, you know, keeping up with all the amazing art they do on, on social media, you can, you could think about supporting them on your, their Patreon.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, shameless plug, but true. Like at the same time, I am a very big believer in like supporting small creators via means that aren't as connected to big companies. You know, the more artists that you support via Patreon, the more they can do their actual art, do what makes them passionate and, and and like lights the fires inside them that you like, rather than having to go through some company that doesn't even want to pay them for what they're doing. Like fucking Netflix doing that AI back art background for that one series or movie recently. Oh my god, really? Yeah, they didn't even credit anyone it was like AI and then the the next credit was like Person who worked with it but didn't give a name. It, it's yeah, it's absolutely fucked.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, we're not doing that, folks. We're you're supporting a real human being when you support a small creator. Yeah, but like, you know, be, beyond that though, like, I think it's like people should maybe be doing more things for themselves. I don't like this impulse under capitalism of like, oh, you should only be doing the thing that makes you the most money and then get somebody else to do another thing for you and pay the money to do it. Like, that alienates you from other people you know because now every single thing is a transaction it's not a genuine like sharing of anything whereas if you make things it might seem counterintuitive but if you do something say you do more things yourself you make your own pens you make your own products you make art and then you share it with people that you love and care about you, could, yeah. you don't have to sell it. It could be gifts. I love giving homemade gifts. Oh, I love I mean, making like, things for people and they can make things for you. That sounds a whole lot more radical than making money and spending money in a transactional, dehumanized relationship.
1: I mean, it is it is truly radical to just support the people around you. You know, anarchists have been doing it via more organized methods to support regular people in a number of ways, like... You know, food, not bums, um, things like that, organizations that do that. But like even just doing it with your friends and family is, if you're not relying on corporate means, if you're growing vegetables in your garden, or if you're making furniture, if you're making little pieces of art, like, you know, you go into Ikea or all of these big box stores or like anywhere that sells furniture and they're selling these like copy pasted artworks. And, like, all the stuff that just fits into an aesthetic, go make that. Have you ever stood in a store and, like, looked at this, like, the same fucking clock six times that's vaguely artistically painted and been like, why? I could make that. And if I made that, it would have far more meaning than somebody having made it for some big box company. Yeah. Like, I'm glad the artist got paid, but they probably got paid and that's that.
0: Or, you know, you can also do, you can buy something like that and then you can modify it. Yes. You can do all kinds of stuff with it. Like... Why Why do you have to just take it out of the box and just use it as is? You, it is now an art supply to, to be made into whatever you want.
1: Make it your own. Make your environment your own. It, like, this, this is the thing. It's like, you know, um, I'm reminded of, I think, Fight Club, where one of the, the, the things that crops up is that the guy is living in an Ikea catalog, and he fucking hates his life. And it's like, yeah, if everything around you, if you surround yourself with stuff that you bought from Ikea and nothing else, and you're consuming media created by Netflix, and music as provided by Spotify, like, I don't Welcome know. to
0: the metaverse.
1: Yeah. So it's like you're just paying to exist, and it, that sucks. That's no fun.
0: I mean, like, yeah, you gotta pay for food or
1: whatever, but like... Yeah, and like, you know, I, I, I use Spotify, I'll be honest. I find it a very useful service, but like, where we can, my partners and I, buy art like music from the artists where we can buy it separate to the usual systems especially if they have a personal page rather than like a publisher provided thing absolutely we're all over that same with books Mm -hmm. like we'd like to try and find books from authors and go and buy their books directly from whatever they're selling it on because
0: they always make more money from direct sales like You can, you know, buying of someone's book helps with royalties or whatever. But if you buy it directly from the author, they are guaranteed making
1: more money from that sale. Yep. And like you're making their lives better by doing that, which makes them more able to create more things. And it costs you less to give them more because there's no middlemen just pocketing the fucking change.
0: Yeah, we're turning everything into transactions. So there's all these middlemen coming in and taking little bits and pieces of every single thing and then dictating the terms of every relationship you have. Yeah, like, like you gotta like make your own thing happen, like yeah. But then do that with other people. It's not you acting alone. Is you acting outside of like a a transactional coercive system, and then sharing what you do with the people that matter to you.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I'm really interested to see where these pens could go because, like, I'm pretty sure there could be a little bit of a a thing to assist other people in either creating their own pens or helping provide some to those in exchange for other things i've got
0: so many ideas jenna i want to make a ring pen i want to make a pen on a ring
1: oh i might
0: i want to make it small enough that you could actually wear it like a reasonable
1: interesting okay that's... I, I'm intrigued to see how that's going to work. My brain is already coming up with designs.
0: I've got to, I got some ideas. And then, you know, I got I got uh, all these sponges I bought now. I'm trying different foams. I yeah. want to try pens made out of squeezy bottles so I can squeeze the ink through a little more. Oh. Uh, you know, I'm trying uh, bigger pens. I want to make bigger ones. Yeah. I want to make pens out of more natural materials, not just upcycled plastic. Mm-hmm. I want to uh, get better at painting my pens and do more consistent airbrush coats on them.
1: I mean, maybe one day we can get to the point where we can get like a lathe or something. I oh, definitely so want to get into some of that stuff. Oh, and turning! Oh my god! Do some artistic. Oh, oh, it would be wonderful to do some like resin um, pens. I've seen some beautiful work done where people have done some like resin and wood, and then done a turning with it. Oh my goodness! it's got lovely. like beautiful colors in it, and you could just make it your own. Like, well,
0: that's the first step is working out working prototypes out of garbage, and then you would turn a nice fancy one from scratch but you use the same principles to put together
1: yeah and that's the thing is like and you know you can take the skills that you (coughs) learn to make something better that is unique to you that is a creation of yours that is a beautiful piece of work in a piece of art in it's in and of itself and uses better principles than like just buying plastic crap from the store you know what i was thinking
0: of doing Mm -hmm. you grab a piece of air dry clay and you just grab it you hold it the way you would comfortably hold a pencil or something say right mm-hmm. and you let it harden and then you take a mold of it and then you pour silicone into that mold and you make a nice little spongy squishy version of your perfect hand grip and then I you could put like a that. hole through that and you could either make it something that goes on top of a pen or you could build it into a pen itself
1: i actually i remember having something a little bit like that when i was a kid my um with a funnily enough like an This shows some of the background that I came from and the kind of wealth disparity that I came from. But like these really beautiful full wood um, like turned pencil crayons when I was a kid. Mm. My mother got a beautiful set of those and then had like these pen grips where you mix the putty together and you apply it to the pen and then you put your fingers on. And when it dries, it shrinks just a little bit. But it ends up being, uh, as a result, it can fit and stay on the pencil without like ah, destroying it. Yeah. But it also molds to your grip. It's Very like this nice. beautiful like little pencil grip, and like we could do that with yeah, as you say, silicon and, can... and all sorts. Ergonomic like... pens, baby. Yeah, and I mean like we're nerding super hard into like how to make really cool pens, That's but. Safe. these kinds of principles i think apply to to everything like
0: make it your own build like i love you know building uh pc towers putting together your own computer uh you know we have an an experimental like uh pod recording setup made out of a stool that's also like an art platform like just make you gotta hack your own hack your environment make your own stuff yeah hack your life like why are you don't rely on a product don't just buy a product out of the box and be like yes this will solve my problems for me no you can buy a product sure but now think about how you use it and how you can modify it to use it
1: better yeah i mean you know that is i think one of our biggest benefits as a species is just like modifying in our environment to fit our needs and like with our corporate overlords trying to turn everything into the same crap every day like you know one size does not fit all. We all have different needs. We all have different bodies. We all have different shapes We all have different like setups. Let's make it unique. Make it your own modify to your heart's content and Where you can where it makes sense make it yourself There's a delighted there's also just like a delight in making something yourself like you know this pen thing seems really cool to me because it's like oh yeah the customization but also like you made that like yeah it's made out of other bits but you made that
0: well it's so empowering because it's like this thing that seemed like a mystery before like this piece of technology that like i think most people don't really think about how it works it just it just works all they know is this thing you point it and the ink comes out and like it's actually not that complicated it basically is you point it and the ink comes out and you don't need to rely on an outside system to provide that to you, especially if it's something you use a lot and you maybe have some pretty strong feelings about how you'd like it to operate, which products you buy in a store don't always live up to because, you know, everyone's going to have their own individualized approach to things.
1: Yep. Like, I, and that's the thing. that just goes back to the, like, we all have different bodies. We all have different needs. Like, you can't have one size fits all. Like, we, we're we very well aware of this at this point.
0: And yeah. so, like, that's, like, it's not to say you should make pens. It's, like, you should make whatever your pen is. What do you yeah. do? What's your thing? If you have a device, a tool, something that you use in your daily life a lot, is it really working for you? Is it the thing that you need? Or could you do better? Do you deserve better? Does it? Would it affect your life to have a better tool or to modify the tool you have currently? It's something to think about.
1: Yeah. Uh funnily enough when I was um when I was in staying in England I did a brief a brief blacksmithing course which I adored That's so cool. I I really want to get back into blacksmithing because it's honestly it's such a uh, such a delight to take pieces of metal and turn them into other things. Well, you know what I
0: got to do? I have my grandfather's sword that he left me. I'm not Ooh. making this up. My grandfather left me a sword when I was like 11 years old and okay uh you know he passed away some years ago and it's really beat up and old and i i really want to rework it and like make it anew again and refinish the the blade needs to be something you know and then the handle's got to get rewrapped the scabbard's a mess there's a project
1: i mean that feels like something that uh could be a lot of fun to like learn how to do it and then fix it
0: and then go out and slay that evil lord who's oppressing the land (laughs)
1: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I I absolutely want to. I I worry about the consequences, but oh, uh... we'll be the hero of time. Don't worry, it will be set, right? <laughs> yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be fixed. I'm sure the cops won't have any problems. <laughs>
0: you don't understand. The grave fairy gave me a prophecy. <laughs> <laughs> I had to
1: murder Elon Musk with a sword
0: in Minecraft satire. Yes, allegedly.
1: <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh. Well, Jenna. Well, Bria. you
0: have anything else you think you need to say on going your own way?
1: I, I think for the moment we said a lot. I I think we probably will have more to say eventually, but uh, for now, that, that seems like a good spot. How about you?
0: No, I'm good. I'm I'm sitting pretty. I'm making my own pens. Yeah. <laughs> well, until next time, we'll... Uh... Bye. Bye. <laughs>